throw with the shot. This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, the Premier League game show podcast, recorded for your listening ears from Kansas City, Missouri. I'm your host, James Rose, and joining me today, once again, is the man who shares his initials with 007 James Bond, Jack Bauer from 24, superstar singer Justin Bieber, and of course, Jack Butman from Stoke. It's Mr. Gerard Bustamante. You there, bud? I am here. Good afternoon, sir. How are you? (laughs) I'm good, thank you. Excuse me. And... For the first time in our podcast history, we are joined by a third guest. He's an Arsenal fan, chairman of the Gunners of Kansas City fan group, and loves long walks on the beach. We are delighted to be joined today by Mr. Boyce Richardson. Are you there, bud? I am indeed live from Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, that's even better. Love it. We've got a little bit more of a region today. Great stuff. All right, so straight to it. Per usual, we're going to start with top four. Like top four of the table. The place where Stoke never even considered trying for. Harsh, but true. Now, the scoring has changed slightly since we now have two players. The premise of the game is the same, guessing the top four, scoring the points, but we're taking it in turns with the guesses. And since Boyce is our new guest, he will go first. So, Boyce, your first shot. What do you think was the most discussed event slash highlight in the Premier League this weekend. I'm going to go with Huddersfield Town's beautiful, glorious, magnificent <laughs> win over Manchester United. You would be correct. And that was, drumroll, that was number three on the list. And to that point, what? let's discuss that a little bit. What happened What happened with Man United? Uh, what, do, what do you think was, was going wrong with Jose Mourinho's master game plan? Well, I'll tell you that my theory just involves the fact that I don't think that Manchester United, outside of that exceedingly boring game against Liverpool a few weeks ago had played anybody of really important note Mm -hmm. and Huddersfield seemed to take it to him for the better part of the match. The first goal was obviously a a reflection or a deflection that bounced in and then or bounced out and then kicked in, but still not exactly the prettiest goal in the entire world. And the second one was that lovely lofted ball from Manchester United's goal or from Huddersfield town's goalkeeper over (laughs) everyone in the Manchester United defense. Yep. And it was a thing of absolute beauty watching Lindelof stare up at that thing like the eclipse a few months ago, <laughs> only to watch it veer over his head and into the back of the net. So That is a good call. Yep. Jared, what do you think about it? My favorite comment from over the weekend was, Lindelof gets paid money to play <laughs> soccer. Let that sink in. Let that just start uh, yes, I like that. <laughs> absolute just nightmare in the back for United. And it was fantastic. Mourinho was off the pitch back in the locker room before half, uh, had made two switches. I believe United were out of substitutions by halftime. Dad was upset and uh, they might have stayed uh, uh, to run laps. But my favorite part of that match uh, had to be the Huddersfield supporters that place mm-hmm. i had to look up the capacity of john smith stadium i'll save you the trouble it's twenty four thousand and change Woo! and it it sounded like an nfl stadium it yeah. was fantastic so if you're a 
if you're a Huddersfield player, uh, you were you are on another world, and mm -hmm. uh, more power to him. Mm -hmm. But did you see the most beautiful photo of the entire weekend, which was a rain-soaked Jose Mourinho in the <laughs> post-match press conference looking like that uh, little poorly drawn cloud was over his head dumping rain on him after they lost 2-1 to Huddersfield. It was a thing of <laughs> bridal beauty. I mean, you couldn't have well, put I it better, yeah. I mean, that same picture was just, just perfect, wasn't it? It really summed up his mood. Um, I but I mean, framed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but talking about specifically the game tactics, now last week, obviously, you know, Mourinho was accused or, you know, it was suggested that he parked a bus against Liverpool. I mean, did he try the same thing? Did he mix it up at all with his gameplay? I mean, it seemed to kind of be the same thing. What do you guys think? I think it was the same thing. I mean, when you had, uh, when you're bringing players like, you know, Sturridge up the bench, um, and Ra I believe Rashford came off the bench as well. Mm -hmm. yep. um, uh, you're when you have those players coming off, then absolutely you are, you know, you, you are defensively minded. And at a, you know, a team like Huddersfield who has gotten some results. Uh, yeah. But but again, newly promoted side um, with all of the force of Sir Patrick Stewart behind them, <laughs> uh, which now appears to be magic. Uh, I I. I think it, it was an absolute loss of tactics, but you cannot discount the personal mistakes uh, uh, by United in that mm -hmm. match. Well, and to echo Jared's sentiment, my favorite moment of the first goal that was scored in this match is watching Juan Mata get absolutely dusted in the midfield and yep. just drop like a scrap heap to the ground as the guy from Huddersfield just goes around him in order to be able to seek the goal. Great. I just I know that they added players like Nemanja Matic over the summer, um, he of the castaway Chelsea variety, but I just don't think that team is actually that strong, certainly not in defense. Right. And I think as they sort of veer into the meat of their schedule in the latter half of the first part of this campaign, I think they're going to get exposed. Oh yeah. Yeah, they could. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's still early days, isn't it? So there's still, I want to say a lot of adapting to do a lot of transitions, but I mean, I joked about Huddersfield last, was it last week or the week before last, you know, and it's kind of almost bit me in the ass, you know, cause <laughs> they put out <laughs> such a performance, you know, that taught my lesson there. But, uh, um, do we think Huddersfield are gonna, are gonna survive this season or do you think it's going to be one of those quick up and down kind of clubs? I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, it's early. Uh, as you said, um, I think if you look at the clubs that are already, you know, vying for a relegation spot, um, Palace, even you know, despite getting a result last week, uh, you know, it a, a bit of a race to the bottom. But mm -hmm. I, I think they have as good a chance as anybody. I mean, we've seen it with Bournemouth that you know teams can, you know, if they can weather out that first that that first year of promotion. Uh, it uh, it is very useful. So I think they have as good a chance as anybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have to say, I think I'm with Jared here. I, I think that other than Crystal Palace, they have the two goals in the entire 17-18 Premier League season. You've got two open spots there, and having watched Huddersfield play against United this weekend, I'm just not necessarily sure that they're going to occupy one of those. Mm -hmm. I mean, even West Ham and Everton, two teams that have been locked to survive relegation over countless Premier League seasons... Well, I guess West Ham got relegated a few years ago, but they're back. Mm -hmm. uh, I think those teams have more money and perhaps better players, but I think that they're still more likely candidates to be relegated than Huddersfield this year. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, let's move on then to the next one. So, Jared, your turn. Um, what do you think made the top four this week? <clears throat> uh, let's see. I know I'm going to get 
uh, crap from voice uh, for this. But uh, I do say because a record was set over the weekend, there we have a new Premiership regular season attendance record set over the weekend. The Spurs over Liverpool, uh, courtesy of the the big house, Wembley Stadium. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say Spurs attendance record 4-1 over Liverpool. Um, I'm going to give you that. Um, so to, specifically speaking, it wasn't the attendance record, although I would debate that it should be. Um, it was more so the game itself between Spurs and Liverpool and the fact that Spurs did thrash them four goals to one, and that was number two on the list, so that gives you three points. Um, so let's talk about it. Again, we talked about Harry Kane, uh, episode one. Brilliance shines through again. Um, I guess I'm going to ask you the same question, and if your mindset has changed, is he going to stick around the Spurs? We're starting to get rumours again that Real Madrid might be tempted. What do we think? I I think he's sticking around. My, my favourite... Uh, uh, headline with this was you know there's an article out there circulating about you know whether or not you know Spurs can hang on to some of these you know uh, uh, some of these talents that they've homegrown Mm -hmm. and it was specifically a conversation with the chairman of Real Madrid and who basically said look I asked Daniel Levy in passing and he said you know 250 million euro and that was the end of it and all of that and apparently they are good enough friends that when Real won uh, the UEFA Champions League, he received a message from Levy said, congratulations on your title that you won with my players, uh, <laughs> which is just savage. Uh, so, so I think, you know, are we going to be able to hang on to everybody? No. I, I think this is professional sports. That is not realistic. Um, I think you, uh, I think you hit your horse to one wagon and I think that is going to be Harry Kane. Uh, just, you can't argue with the numbers. Uh, you must hang on to him. He's one of their own as they sing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I really, uh, and I say this, you know, candidly as a Spurs fan divorcing that, uh, I just don't think it's smart to lose him as you're opening a new stadium next year. Right. He is your billboard. He is your draw. I don't think it even makes smart business sense. So I, I'm, I'm, that doesn't mean that other players won't leave. I think we'll certainly lose other players, but I think Harry Kane might be the, uh, you know, the one that is off limits. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, boys, as of, of course we know, as as an Arsenal supporter, it must be somewhat hard to talk about the Spurs, you know, in such great success. But I mean, give us your, I guess, your summary of of the game and how the two teams performed, and, you know, what is your take on it? Another spectacular Simone Mignolet performance. Um, <laughs> I knew that was coming. I will say that the greatest accomplishment of Arsenal's 17-18 season might be not actually getting a goal against that travesty of a back line employed by Liverpool. <laughs> that really is just an incredible, incredible success mm-hmm. on their part. Yeah. No, I mean, in all honesty, to sort of echo a little bit of Jared's sentiments, I think that between Deli Alley and Harry Kane, Spurs just can't lose Harry Kane. I think at times Deli Alley has become a little bit of a liability from them from a disciplinary standpoint. And I think that despite his talents, they could probably lose him and still succeed, mm-hmm. even if he wanted to venture into the Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, Real Madrid club. Um But I do actually see Harry Kane sticking around, although I think that Tottenham will at some point confront some of the issues that are going to occur with their trying to finance a a stadium, much like Arsenal did. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, that's it's going to be interesting times actually, especially when the stadium does open, which I believe is slated for next season at some point. Um, uh, but going back to the game real quick, one thing I did want to mention and was highlighted a lot in the post-match analysis, uh, Lovren's defending, uh, especially from the first two goals, uh, absolute, uh, you know, was an absolute travesty what he was doing out there or should we give the guy some slack <clears throat> or what's the deal there? <laughs> that first, go ahead, boys. Sorry, all I was going to say is that I think... People lambaste Arsene Wenger for not filling any of the gaps in the Arsenal roster over the summer, and I'm certainly one of those people. But what Jurgen Klopp did with Liverpool going into the Van Dyke sweepstakes, just whiffing, and somehow <laughs> leaving that back line in as a part of a starting 11 in the Premier League is just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, agreed. It's- I Sorry, Jared. They did what they were. They did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I think against that back line, uh, Lovren on that first goal, that loft, uh, kind of reminded me of you know when you when you throw a frisbee too high for your younger brother, and uh, he kind of doesn't do anything and just watches it sail over his head. That's <laughs> pr- pretty much how the first goal happened. Well, and that actually leads to my question for Jared. I suppose is out of Lovren or Lindelof, who had the worst weekend? <laughs> Good one. Oh, goodness. I think in a – it's got to be Lindelof, right, uh, coming on as a substitute uh, and, you know, losing away to a side like Huddersfield. Again, not taking anything away from the heart and soul of Huddersfield, but let's not make any illusions here. Uh, United were heavy, heavy favorites, and there were some very, very pleased Huddersfield bookies uh, that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I think it's – I think it has to be uh, – uh, it has to be Lindelof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think? I actually think, I mean, Lindelof has that great sort of photographic moment where if somebody could have been on the pitch watching him stare at that ball go over his head, um, it might stick around Premier League photo exhibits for decades. But I feel like Lovren's performance writ large was just terrible. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think Lindelof can certainly be accused of some failings for the rest of the match, but I think for the entirety of a 90-minute performance, Lovren was just Alvaro Morato-ish in his complete ineptitude. Um, Okay, uh, boys, back to you. So, we have two answers left. Your second shot, sir. What do you think made the top four? I mean, at this point, it almost has to be Manchester City's opportunity to replicate an invincible season. That is not on the list. Bad luck, sir. Um, close, but right. not on there. Jared, we're back to you then. Second shot. I was going to say, wow, this feels strange. Uh, Arsenal's route over the weekend. You are correct. Boyce, I'm quite surprised. Goodness. <laughs> you would, we could be selfish. The story has to be Ronald Koeman sacking at the hands of Arsenal as opposed to Arsenal's actual performance. Well, that's again, that's where we can kind of break it down. That is the bullseye of this. So the, the topic of discussion is Everton tanked by Arsenal and Koeman's subsequent dismissal. Um, and that is actually number one on the list. So well done, Jared. You got the four points for that. Um, so lead us off in the discussion, Jared. Um, were they just that dominant, or were Everton just shambolic? <laughs> well, be nice. I don't think. I, I honestly, I don't think you can take anything away uh, from Mesut Özil uh, in that match. Uh, uh, 
scoring goals coming back. I mean, I, it had to be a shot in the arm, Mm -hmm. uh, for, uh, for the Arsenal faithful, uh, you know, to see just say a free flowing moving Arsenal side, uh, Kuman is out. And, uh, I honestly, I'm a little confused. I don't know where Everton go from here. Uh, but, uh, like I said, uh, if you're an Arsenal supporter, Boyce, uh, you got to like what you saw. Mm-hmm. Boyce, to you, what do you think? Well, I, to your earlier question, I think it's a little bit of a hybrid of both. That Everton team looked exposed from the beginning. And, of course, in the ultimate Arsenal fashion, we conceded a goal off of what I will probably homer-wise say was a foul on Granit Xhaka. I'll start with the Everton side. I think Ronald Koeman lost the plot in terms of what the lineup needed to be. I think Wayne Rooney somehow wearing 10 for an Everton side that has Gilfie Sigurdsson is ridiculous. And I think it kind of demonstrated after Nacho Monreal scored that goal around the 40th minute and Everton just fell apart that that's where the mental standpoint of the team is. Mm-hmm. From an Arsenal perspective, you kind of look at the first goal as a little bit of un, sort of a bit of unluckiness. But I think that the way that they ran rampant over the pitch throughout the rest of the 90 minutes sort of is demonstrative of what Arsenal might be capable of, including multiple Aaron Ramsey misses and Mm. misplayed passes over the course of every inch of the field. Yeah. But I think the question has to be asked, as it always does with Arsene Wenger, especially this season, is why are we just now seeing a front three of Mesut Ozil, Alexis Sanchez and Alexandre Lacazette? I think you saw Arsenal in full force on Sunday, which is to say that a front three involving those three individuals can be prolific. The midfield involving Xhaka and Ramsey is always going to be an issue. The wingbacks are great, and the defense has solid players in it, but outside of Koscielny, really nobody that's spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Sanchez, um, we had this whole you know thing about whether he was going to you know, head to Man City, it fell through. Now that he's starting, and I suppose Ozil too, are starting to kind of connect with the team again, is that discussion going to come back up in January, or is is Wenger going to kind of put it to bed, so to speak? You know, I, this is a very hard question for me to answer because I'm of two minds about it. I think the first mind, in my personal mind, is that it, right towards the end of the transfer window with the whole Alexis Sanchez, Thomas Lamar discussion, I think I would have preferred for a short time that that just happened. Mm. They sold Alexis Sanchez and that we purchased Thomas Lamar and that we were done and we were just down to the Ozil saga at this point. Right. I think the more financially sound aspects of Arsene Wenger's mind would probably lead him to think that there's a chance he might sell one or both of them in January. Mm -hmm. But I think for the sake of the team, you just eat those dollars because right now watching Arsenal, watching them against Everton win 5-2, I just don't think that they can make top four without both of them. And those top four dollars will be more or less sufficient to replace at least some of the value lost by not selling them both in January. But I think, I don't think Manchester City is going to come back with a 60 million pound offer for Alexis Sanchez in January when they could just have him on a Bosman. And who knows about the accuracy or the validity of those stories about Mesut Ozil and Manchester United, but I think the same is true of him. I don't think his value was exceedingly high over the summer as it stands. If he has a few more performances like he had on Sunday, it might increase. But I just don't think that you can afford to lose one or either of them. So, Agreed. Interesting. 
Okay, Jared. So it is back to you. Um, what do you think made the last spot on the top four? Olivier Giroud winning an award that doesn't matter. It was not. Man, are we going to get oh, this? Boys, back goodness. to you. First of all, to address <laughs> that particular comment, the the absolute perfection that was embodied by that January 1st, 2017 goal by the man who spoke at my wedding, Olivier Giroud, uh, <laughs> can never, ever be taken away from him. It was a majesty of a goal. Absolutely gorgeous. I don't know if you guys noticed he did that again last week as well in the Europa League. Also a thing of beauty. Uh, okay. The Europa so, League. That's, that's that's neat. That's cute. Anyway. No, carry on. <laughs> oh, God, it started. Are you ready? Jared's going to come at me and insult me about Thursday Spurs Day. I'm so very disappointed. I wish that I could text him a beautiful picture of Harry Kane as a kid in an Arsenal shirt. So um, I need to get a big bucket of hot water and just pour it over the pair of you. Um, right. <laughs> Boys, I no, that was... <laughs> Uh, I'm down to two things. I, the firing of Craig Shakespeare and liver are in Leicester, Leicester city's two, one victory over Swansea is all I got again, not there. So that means neither of you got it. So I'm going to have to break the ice and reveal it. It was West Ham's being beaten by Brighton on Friday night, three goals to nil. Did either of you see the match? (laughs) So I'm not going to lie and tell you that I actually watched this match. And in order to be able to just have full disclosure here, I legitimately only looked at Saturday and Sunday's results. Isn't that brilliant? They never used to put Premier League games on a Friday night. I think that's kind of a new thing. But it did get played. West Ham did get beaten by three goals. And there was a huge discussion about whether... Uh, their manager should be fired, should be given the sack, and he hasn't been. He's still around. But so let's make that a topic of conversation. Um, should should the guy still be around for West Ham? I mean, they're not doing so hot right now. I mean, should he keep going, or should it be a time to restructure their team? Having moved into a new stadium last year that is massive, the expectation, especially from the purchases over the summer this year, whether it be Chicharito. Or Joe Hart. I think the expectation was pretty high for Slavin Bilic. And I will admit to probably having not watched more than a match of the day insert about West Ham throughout this campaign. Mm. But given the dollars at stake here and the fact that, you know, West Ham was relegated under a decade ago. And I don't think that given the stadium confines that they have now, they can afford to do that again. I'm not sure that they have a choice. The question is... When the people that you bought, including Marco Arnautovic, include you know the man who pushed Matthew Debushi into a stanchion, uh, I just I'm not sure where you go from here. Mm. There's nobody on that roster that gives me an incredible amount of faith. Mm. Yeah, agreed. Jared, your thoughts? Well, uh, to kind of echo voice, I mean, West Ham were you know there was a time you know when. Uh, and I freely admit, you know, kind of jockeying uh, in in London to uh, for a new stadium, and uh, West Ham, frankly, won that jockey for the Olympic Stadium, and uh, that's that's what they wanted, and and now that they're in it, I mean, they had you now they have you know Mikel Antonio Lanzini uh, bringing in Chicharito uh, uh, and and Joe Hart, you know, there were some you know that. It's not an unknown team, but it uh, uh, and and I think it has potential. But also, Slavin Village is for 
one reason or another, uh, just revered mm-hmm. there. I mean, I, I, I get the sense that he, for some reason, is just one of those managers that has a longer uh, leash than most. Um, mm-hmm. And maybe we'll be sitting here next week in the top four and I'll be eating those words. But I will say, though, I don't. It's, it's weird to me to see a team. I mean, Dimitri Payet was such a big component of that team, but it's been a long while since I've seen a team allow a player to transfer out and it just feel like the heart of that team departed as well. Mm. It really does feel like Pyatt just drove West Ham. Mm. Oh, and great, yeah. happens, they look completely rudderless. Uh, right, let's move on. Um, we're going to play a game called Extra Time. Uh, before that, let me just uh, real quick go over the scores. Uh, Jared, you currently have seven points. Boyce, uh, only two. So, early days, this could be the game changer right here, but we'll see what happens. Um, so, once again, a slight rule change now that we have an extra player. Here's how it works. I'm going to give Boyce a topic of discussion, one which he doesn't know about. He has 60 seconds to discuss said topic, but he cannot repeat any word he's already said, hesitate, so umming and ahhing, or deviate from the topic, so talking about something completely irrelevant. Um, at any point during his attempt, Jared can challenge him by shouting, challenge. Again, low budget here, so we're going with voice. We tried audio clips last week, that didn't quite work out. We'll see how this goes. Anyway, if Boyce gets through the whole minute, he will be awarded three points. If Jared correctly challenges, he can steal the topic and attempt to play out the minute, and it'll go back and forth and so on. Does that all make sense? Outstanding. Yes. There was a long pause, but we're going to go with it. All right, so 60 seconds. Boyce, are you ready? Yes. For 60 seconds, Boyce, please discuss... Delhi Ali, your time starts now. That kid is such a talented but absolutely despicable individual that it drives me slightly insane. You see the potential from him when it comes to the goal that he scored against Liverpool, where he was in the exact right position at the exact same time. And you watch him and you think this could be a player that has a potential for not only England, but for Spurs as well. And then you watch him absolutely lose his mind once every 10 minutes in every match. And you think this might be the end of Tottenham. He might result in a situation where if they're ever in a cup final or if they're ever in a match of any consequence whatsoever, he could be the thing that stands between them and the trophy in the end and the red card that could result in their extraction from the tournament. It's just... It's insanely frustrating watching him, even as an Arsenal fan, because and there's potential. Time's up, you did it in one minute. Nice work, boys. Wow. <laughs> Jared, you missed one golden opportunity I was... that I spotted. He said the word exact twice. And I was like, is he going to do it? Well, <laughs> see, I, I thought you had to buzz him for me to challenge. Well, now I know next time. Oh, now I know. so Thanks there, for... there you go. He's... So. We, we've already uh, already had a moment, but that's it's too late. I mean, it's locked in now. He got his three points. Nice work, that boys. That's Simone Mignolet of you. <laughs> uh, you know, I I agree with everything but the despicable part. For the record, uh, he's frustrating. <laughs> he's frustrating, but he's a lovely, lovely young man. He's a lovely and uh, <laughs> well, uh, it is um, Jared. <laughs> it's your turn. So you also get a topic of discussion for sixty okay. seconds. And, boys, oh, you can gracious. challenge at any point, okay? <clears throat> so, okay. please discuss. Are you ready? Drum roll. Arsene Wenger, your time starts now. 
Then you're in, first of all. The idea that a manager has had such an incredibly long leash and an absolutely fantastic career. Nobody here can argue about that. But when you look at it, kind of what we were talking about earlier in the podcast, you have certain chiefs of teams that uh, have a longer leash than others. Challenge. What I'm- all right, challenge, boys. The word that. Yep, agreed. He said that, and he said you as well. That. Twice. I the like that. Word that. <laughs> the word that. Absolutely impossible, by the way. I feel like as for the a, season, I might be the only one that ever wins it. <laughs> as an Arsenal supporter, I'm not surprised, but go ahead. All right, boys, you have 35 seconds to try and complete the topic. Your time starts now. The boss, a man that will forever live in both fame and infamy. It's hard to deal with him simply because he is such a frustrating figure. His lineup selections have made little to no sense throughout the entire 17-18 campaign and continue to make no sense since then. Challenge. The word sense. Yes, I heard that too, actually. Yep, that is a good challenge. You are correct, sir. Jared has taken the topic back. He has eight seconds left. Jared, are you ready? <clears throat> I am ready. Three, two, one. Time is yours. Go. Arsenal owe very, very much to Arsenal. He said very But there is no... <laughs> you got to be kidding me. Eight <laughs> seconds. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and beat boys to this. That was so Spursy. <laughs> um, what was the challenge, boys? Uh, he said very, very in quick succession. I, I actually true. said very, very. I'm not kidding. It was so Spursy. Bless America. You're right, boys. He did. Uh, you have two seconds. Finish the topic. Three, two, one. Here we go. Arson Vinger is time out. Nice work. <laughs> take the points again three points awarded to you plus two correct challenges for you boys one correct challenge for you that indeed was the game changer the final scores after today's game drum roll here we go boys ended up with three six seven eight nine points jared ended up with eight boys is the winner Woo! You win oh orange. man that felt good <laughs> Uh, whatever whatever he's, he's over it <laughs> um right but that's all we have time for uh big thanks to my co-host mr jared bustamente and to our guest voice richardson to skype for finally working this week and to jürgen klopp and his facial expressions be sure to check out our brand new twitter page at kick corner flag for little insights and fun remarks any final words lads until next time mr rose until next time boys One victory of many. One victory of many. I like it. Take it easy. Have a good week and bye-bye.